internet explained. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis on Radio Live. Social. I think it's the third show, the third show in New Zealand Music Month, hence the headless chickens grass cranking station. I'm Vaughan Davis with you right through till 8 o'clock when the Weekend Variety Wireless kicks off show number 211 of, well, you know, it's the only show about this stuff on the radio, and I think that's a good thing. I thought, well, maybe there should be more, but a competition isn't bad, but uh, for the last 211 Sunday nights, we've been bringing you the best of the internet, apps, tech, and social media right here on Sunday Social. I'd love you to be part of the show. Text me, hmm, straight to the old tech, text me, 3920, keyword live, that'll pop up on one of the 52 screens here in front of me in the heart of the news hub. You can tweet me, at Vaughan Davis, I would love that. Always like a follow. Always like a follow. And I'll tweet you right back. And who knows, your tweet could form part of the show. We're just ad-libbing like crazy things. Later on, Mr Paul Brislin, he is already here in the studio. He is that keen, or that unwelcome at home. Uh, he has got a very, very clever way for your phone your phone to do useful stuff while you sleep. He's got a, uh, a website and a Twitter account if you're into nostalgia and... I love this, a must-download app for ASB customers. First, though... is founder and CEO of Auckland-based company Board Dynamics, helping boards find the right directors and working with boards to make sure they're operating well, which is a very important thing. He's also a very, very big fan of tech, and he joins me tonight live in studio. Henri, welcome to Sunday Social. Good evening. How are you? Good. Did I describe you properly? You did perfectly. I Thank you out, so much. I left out the fact that you're wearing a very fetching hat. Not enough people wear hats these days. Thank you. What about the T-shirt? Well, I see it, 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 it would appear to be a, a polar bear eating a salmon. Yes, eat local. Is there, a sto- is there a story behind that? Not really. I bought it when I was traveling in California, but I thought it was quite sweet as a Canadian to wear this. I suppose, I su- I suppose you did. Very fetching, very fetching indeed. Now, let's talk about the boardroom. And this is, uh, this is I think this is an, is an area in 211 shows of Sunday Social we have never talked about governance, boards or directors, which is a bit remiss because I'm, I'm one of those things, uh, as, as you know. You are. What does technology have to do with being on a board and providing governance for a, or a company or a, um, an entity that has a board? Well, technology today is in more and more boardrooms, whether the director's a bit bored and using their mobile phone or their tablet. 
but and, a re and but realistically, a lot of board papers today are electronic, so the directors can read this before the board meeting. Hopefully. So a bunch of a bunch of people listening won't even know what a board paper is. Basically, think of any company out there having directors who represent the shareholders will get an agenda, some stuff they need to read. The CEO of the company will update them on how the company's doing or not doing well and then ask them lots of questions and maybe approve a bunch of spending. That's how it works in and the that, simplest and way. That, and that's board papers. I have a board meeting tomorrow and I have I have spent a good part of today looking looking through a very big number of pages on my iPad. How can technology help me there? Because one of the one of the big challenges I have as a director is, okay, on the one hand, there's a heck of a lot of information. On the other hand, there's only so many hours in the day. How can technology help me sift through the two, three hundred pages of stuff and work out what I really need to know? I'm glad you've asked me that question. It's about AI, artificial intelligence and machine learning. Think about that use of technology to scan the hundreds of pages that you have to read and red flag issues that you should direct back to the CEO or other members of the management team during the question period in the board meeting. And when you say artificial intelligence, it's not just going, oh, I'm looking for words like uh, failing or um, deficit or stuff like that. It's finding the subtle cues in language or sentence structure or, or just the, the paper itself that I, as a, a human reader, would, uh, would, you know, would pick up on, right? Very much so. Two key things. One is the past is also an indication of the future. So think about it referring back to previous board papers and finding contradictions and statements that were made in previous years. Because most directors can't remember what happened in the last board meeting. Because that, that's, that's one thing that happens, you know, when, when you are a director of a company, you dip in and, in, dip in and out every four or six weeks, depending on your, on your cycle. That's right. And, you know, typically a, a, an exec team will, will say something in June. They'll say, hey, we're going to do this project. It'll cost X million dollars. It'll deliver these benefits. And then come January, when the, the project has happened, it's not always easy to reconcile what's happened to what was promised six months ago. Correct. Most projects are never talked about after they're approved. So unless there's a major failure and hits the front page news, the directors just sort of move on. And, and, and history is littered with projects that spent millions and millions of dollars and they went nowhere. Think of ferret.com as a classic one from the old telecom days. So this is, this is great if you've got a company whose directors are, are tech literate, tech savvy, and they're, they're looking for these opportunities and looking for these ways to govern their organisation. But when I think of boards, I think of, um, you know, even, even in 2018, I think of old white guys um, who are probably lawyers or maybe on a good day accountants. And I go, okay, are, th are, these, are these guys actually tech savvy enough to be asking these questions and using this technology what's you i mean you deal with a lot of a lot of businesses that what's your what's your take on it that's a great question so the majority of the boards are quite old-fashioned thankfully they're changing thus i have a business but more importantly uh the next generation of directors are coming on board we need more people who are creative around the boardroom table so with the use of technology it can actually double check what the lazier directors are not doing or thinking and then highlight those issues so it's augmented decision making but the thing that will have to continue and grow is actually the creativity and the good judgment calls from directors so how, we'll talk about that, that creativity and diversity of thought on boards in a minute, but 
how, how we talk about artificial intelligence informing board decisions and and looking back over past papers and and keeping the the company on track or keeping it to account how far away is this is this just sort of you know 10 years down the track pie in the sky or are there new zealand companies currently doing this right now so nothing in new zealand there there is one project that came out a couple of years ago and the the artificial intelligence um code name was vital and that actually is a director that helped a financial services company out in asia make decisions on investments so that was one example so far that's known um, there's a lot of work happening behind the scenes um, in Europe, Asia, and the U.S. to develop this type of software. I know SAP have, are developing software with AI for boardroom activities, so watch this space. No one's doing it in New Zealand. Uh, actually, Board Dynamics is looking at doing it out of the U.K. to bring it to New Zealand sometime next year, but it's early days. So if, if you were to make a, a rash prediction here in front of the you know, 100,000 people listening tonight... Um, how long will it be, firstly, before augmenting the board's decision-making capability with AI is commonplace? And the second question is, how long will it be before augmenting the board's decision-making with AI is mandatory? Uh, great question. So the first one, I think it will be at least a decade before we see the majority of boards using AI. So all those old guys will be dead. Oh, the likelihood, yes. Good, I doubt we'll good. have many board members Nothing in the personal, 80s or good. 90s. Yeah, I think I think it's a good thing. The circle of life, and we want the next generation. We want newbies in the boardroom, by the way, which is probably another question for later on. But more importantly, to answer your question um, in respect to uh, having a full board of AI. A full board of AI? I don't think we'll ever have that. But, but having, I mean, I, I can see where, um, you know, financial advice and uh, probably medical advice and probably legal advice. The, it's just a question of time before AI augmentation becomes mandatory. I'm, I'm confident of that. I think I can see... Because how can you give the best possible financial advice unless you've, you've got all the information? And humans don't have that. That's true, but... I think if you look at AI and the law, that's the first step. So legislation will have to change to, to make that mandatory. And I think that will be a big debate that can well, it's, go on it's for a long time. Well, the first step is changing to make it allowable, and that's happening now in financial it, it, services. Right? It is very much so. When you think of fintech and you mm -hmm. think of bots, but you also you look at the data that the banks are collecting and using. You can imagine all the data being collected by all the cloud-based accounting packages as well. And imagine how that data could be used. So there's a Privacy Act issue there again that you wouldn't want the tax department looking at what's happening through zero, that, would that, you? Uh, or that, MYOB? That, 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 that endless balancing act between getting the, uh, the, the the value and the richness of it and then, ooh, someone's looking at me. Correct. Hey, no, you know, no, nothing, nothing to hide, nothing to worry about, Henri? No, but I think for the health sector, it's brilliant. Um, thinking about, you know, doctors being assisted by AI and making diagnostic is fantastic because that's the hardest part of any good medical practice is actually making the diagnosis. Well, did, did you did you uh, did you follow the story about two months ago of a, a, a supposed artificial intelligence in Christchurch called uh, I think it was called Brian. I might be I might be I might be wrong. Yes, uh, but it just turned out to be some some dude with a typewriter in a room just typing away. The 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 original well not the original Mechanical Turk but uh, very 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 similar to the uh, to the original Mechanical Turk. So there there is such a demand for it that uh, you can you can run a, a fine and profitable business by by faking it. So in if the future is about 
um, boards being augmented by artificial intelligence. The near future is about getting more diversity of thought onto boards. Tell us about that and and how fast the needle is moving and, and what can can be done to achieve that. So the needle, the needle is moving reasonably quickly in respect to the larger corporations around the world adding at least one or two directors around the boardroom table who are, who are digitally savvy, who understand the digital age as much as anyone can because it's still very young, mm. but keep up to date and they play in that space. So they're current. They know what's happening. Maybe they're running their own technology company as well, where a lot of directors think they know a lot because they've gone to one conference, they've read a magazine article. Well, that doesn't make you that knowledgeable because I actually don't know how to cook very well and I have, I have looked at recipes. I, I, so, think, I think at the very least you need to have listened to this radio show for six months to, in order to you know, be considered Oh, completely. And, savvy, I, and I think if you listen to this show for six months, you'll, you'll get a little certificate in the mail. And actually, you'll get it emailed to you. Oh, you can you download it yourself. You download print, it yourself. Print, print it out. Put, put your name in. Perfect. Yeah. I like that idea. I think that really works well. Um, the, the diversity of thought will also be important to understand the different generations of consumers. I think the challenge we have out there is, is a lot of the baby boomer directors understand their generation and their cultural bias is still apparent where you don't have the diversity of thought from various ethnicities, age and gender and also the cultural background and where you're from, international, local, a mixture of both. Because consumer behavior is how marketing is done today and not very good marketeers uh, ever give, uh, all the great marketeers are never really given an opportunity to be around the boardroom table and that's a huge gap today. Because they're, they're too busy marketing and, and, and the overall effect is... You know, given the generational gap between um, you know workers and, and, and directors, is you're getting companies that are built, built, being built and governed as if it were 2010. Talking to Henri Elliott from Board Dynamics, uh, back after the break with the the tech, the tech that's uh, lighting his LED candle. Back soon. It's Sunday Social, an hour dedicated to social media with Vaughn Davis. Hey, welcome back to Sunday Social. And with me in the studio tonight from the Auckland Company Board Dynamics, Henri Elliott, welcome back. Thank you. It's great to still be here. <laughs> well, yeah, well, we have this... I didn't tell you, we have this thing where if I don't get enough t um, positive tweets about a guest in the first ad break, I just pull a lever and uh, the ground open up, opens up uh, beneath you and you end, up, you end up in the sales department. That's which scary. Is, 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 the next, is the next level down. I'm glad I have a bot running in the background pushing through those tweets. Pushing, pushing through those tweets. You, you're getting well supported. The sentiment is positive. My AI says I should keep you on the show. Oh, um, thank you. Technology. Um, setting aside the boardroom and thinking now you as someone running a you know small but um, wide-reaching business, what technology excites you in business today? Um, a few things excite me. Um, first of all, I like the use of bots for some customer engagement because myself as a customer I don't always want to ring an organization I want an answer straight away and if, and if that online interaction is accurate they'll have me as a customer especially as a consumer so I'm actually uh, NZ Tech Week I'm actually doing a class Tuesday morning to create my own bot in under four hours oh, I saw that being advertised yes so I'm looking forward to that so I'll have to come back and tell you about that another time mm-hmm so bots excite you. you That's don't, the you, first one. So you don't care about personal service. You just want fast, accurate service. Correct. Mm -hmm. Whether I can access, through, access that through my mobile phone or my tablet, desktop, and that's perfect. Mm -hmm. In case of emergency, I may ring a number. 
talk to a human. What, what, what else is, is lighting your candle? Um, the continued use of cloud-based accounting. I've, I have a great experience to date with Xero. I've had it from almost from day one. I actually remember from the past life actually buying some of the first licenses from Rod Drury. I think he owes me a little money now, but that's okay. And also using HubSpot for CRM. That's been fantastic. So, relationship so, so almost everyone in the room, um, in, the, in the, the, the extended radio room, uh, will have been touched by CRM and quite possibly by HubSpot, but they will have never heard of either of those words. So spell it out and explain to me what's going on behind the scenes when we, you know, when we download this ebook or we, you know, sign up to this thing. What's happening behind the scenes? So what's happening behind the scenes is that we're, in some cases... We're looking at the interaction our customers are having with our product, and we're actually, um, if they're looking at our website, a small example would be is a little message will pop up, a little smiley face, or a person's real face, and hi, my name is Rachel, and can I help you look at some of our services or products? Do you have any questions, or good evening, or good afternoon, good morning? Very accurate. And I've actually been on the other end of that type of service, and I've actually signed up for products and services as a result. That's how I ended up using HubSpot. And that's also how I've also been using some recruitment software um, as well called Zoho Recruit with an interaction that way. So that's kind of use, use of a bot and a pop-up on a website. And, and I guess behind the scenes, so the, the, the general term is marketing automation, right? So but behind the scenes... Uh, it's going, okay, well, Henri just uh, clicked on the thing, had a bit of a chat. Uh, he may have put his email address in. So I'm going to send him an email at a predetermined, optimized time. Correct. Uh, you know, it might be, you know, 12 hours later, providing it's not a meal time or, you know, whatever the science tells us, offering uh, a, f- a free download of our fantastic ebook all about the service of selling. And it, one thing leads to another. And before you know it, you bought something. That's correct. So it's very much around the wholesale cycle. And the key here is the conversion rate. Actually, that person becomes a paying customer is much higher by using this type of cloud-based software. And I guess the, the, the numbers tell us that, you know, until someone is a paying customer, as a business owner, it's not really worth spending your human time on them usually, which is why you automate that front end and the little pop-ups happen all by themselves and the emails happen all by themselves and finally Henri comes in and cashes the check. Correct. And it costs you hundreds of dollars a year. It's nothing. Which is small business owners is brilliant. Which is which is the nature of these things, right? You know, back, back in the day, by which I mean, you know, 10 years ago, um, you know, software was something that ran on very big computers which sat in a room in your business. Uh, I, I, I worked in an ab- advertising agency eight years ago and we had 120 people, three of whom were IT. You know, they're f- quite well-paid full-time people, three of them out of 120 IT. And that that's just laughable now. Right? It would never happen. Most businesses, unless they're large, don't have an IT department of any f- shape or form because the IT support they require will come from the supplier of services through similar software. So why do we send our kids to university, as I have, at a great expense to learn to be an IT, you know, a, a computer science person? We, we're not going to need that many of them. That's a great question. So if you think about the future of university education, instead of an MBA, Master's of Business Administration, people will do a Master's of Entrepreneurship, and they'll do them at a young age. Mm. You know, they'll do it 
Wasserman University, maybe the degree will be a bit longer. There may be a cooperative program where they're actually getting work experience during the degree. Some of the class time will be online because as it stands today, a lot of university students don't even show up to class. So why even bother having someone physically in the classroom? Well, I was going to I was going to ask about this because I was I was reading your website and and somehow avoided buying your services. Um, your marketing automation m- m- must have been on a tea break at that point. And I read that one of the things you are into, and this might be, you know, generational, um, old white man, um, is actual conventional continuing education. You know, going going to a, a fancy sounding place, sitting in a, a lecture room by the sound of it, and, and getting some learning on. Isn't that a bit old-fashioned? For a middle-aged person, it's viewed as old-fashioned, but I view myself as that 1% or 5% that believes in continuous education. Um, I've always looked to stay ahead of the curve and recognize that you actually have to retrain and retool probably every five to eight years. You know, back in the day, you had a job, and that was your job for 30 years, and you retired. Today, maybe have five jobs. The future is, and I'm looking at young people here in the studio, is they will have a multitude of jobs and they will be entrepreneurs as well. You know, that's a normal thing to be as an entrepreneur back today. Ten years ago, we didn't be an entrepreneur. Sounds like you want to be an actor in Hollywood. Doesn't make any sense. Don't do that, son or daughter. Do something else. So how you learn will change. I mean, think back. In 1945, there were 500 universities. Mm-hmm. Today, there are over 10,000. They will not. I, I think 900 of them are in Queen Street. I would think at least 900 on Queen Street and maybe on Key Street and another few hundred. But, then, but going, going back to this idea of the university and, you know, and saying, hey, I went to Harvard, I went to Cambridge, I went wherever, what's the real advantage other than you know, having that on your CV of that sort of learning over, hey, the, the content's on YouTube. I can just go and watch the lecture. It'll be just as engaging. It'll be just as high quality. You need both. So I think one thing that Cambridge has, or the Oxfords and the Harvards, you know, Cambridge, 800-year-old university, there's a brand. Mm. The brand's still very strong. Some great minds study there. I mean, the acceptance rate at Stanford University, I think, is sub-5%. Mm-hmm. So it's very competitive. But that's only for a small percentage of the world population. If you're in the other end of the world, and not here, but the other end of the world, for a change, and you can't get into a top university, or you have very little money, you can study online for very little money or nothing in some cases. Most global universities, even MIT, are giving away their course Their content. courses online. But what they're not giving away is qualification, right? Correct. So you're not getting the qualification. And second, you're not having that human interaction in groups or cohorts or one-to-one time with a professor to help you on your journey. That element, I think, is required. So I always view it this way. And it's probably similar thinking that Thomas Friedman has, the New York Times op-ed writer. It's about having a degree as your baseline and then you add to it. A great example, AT&T in the States require their employees to go through continuing education every year. And if they don't do it, they can leave the company because they won't keep them. Mm-hmm. And it forces them to retool and retrain. And I look at the technology and, and I look at AI and people, you know, scaremongering, oh, 40% of, of jobs will disappear by this year and so on and so forth. Actually, there'll be different jobs that will be created as a result of AI. Mm-hmm. So the world's shifting. So if you don't keep up and retrain and retool, the same thing applies to universities. They're, a lot of them are stuck in the dark ages and how they teach. Therefore, they have to retool and be more interactive and combine virtual learning education and do and combine it with classroom time and have a mixture of both and i'm seeing the better universities starting to deliver that in the marketplace as, as you well know i'm doing unitech um 
if Google is to be believed, of course, the uh, the post-AI age will just be more work for hairdressers because uh, computers are getting very, very good at uh, ringing up and making haircut appointments for us. Let's talk about the technology that excites you personally, setting aside the business. And I know it's as a business owner, it's very hard to draw a line between the two things. Um, you, talk, you talked actually in the, in the break about a, a doorbell, which sounds a bit boring, but you're quite excited about your doorbell, aren't you? Well, um... Uh, the thing about Ring as a doorbell and a so service... So this is a doorbell called Ring. Ring. And what's interesting about Ring is how many of us are frustrated by a courier package not being delivered because you're not home? Oh, me. You are? Well, y- Yasmin in the booth is very, very frustrated by her Uber Eats being delivered to the wrong part of MediaWorks. That's right. Could this technology have solved that? Very much so, because the Uber Eats driver would have rung the doorbell of MediaWorks. Yes, and from her phone, she'd be alerted that someone's at the door. I don't think Yasmin's allowed a phone. Okay. Well, if she's not allowed a phone, then it would ring on my phone. Okay. And I would tell Yasmin, the Uber Eats driver is here right now. But actually, even better, I could interact with the Uber Eats driver from my phone and saying, Mr. Driver, please leave the package by the door. But you can see the Uber Eats and driver too, And I can too, see him you? as well. And I can say, you have a really bad haircut. Well, that, if I was hungry... This is a life lesson. If you're hungry enough, Just the haircut it. doesn't matter. That's and that's, true. that's probably a, a metaphor or something, but yeah. if it, it's, a, it's a lesson but for th- life. There is a fear factor of worrisome there, but we'll move on. So so Ring excites you as a piece of personal yes. technology for your home. What, what else? Uh, one, 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 last one, thing. one last oh, thing. I have a couple, but okay. I'll just Give me one. one that's really cool is I demoed these glasses recently for night vision. So it actually enhances your vision and they're with high definition. So it's the same quality you have on high def- definition televisions. Because mm-hmm. most people out there, when you drive at night, even if you have great vision, it just seems a bit harder. So it enhances your vision and it was so cool. Really? Very cool. It's That's called very- Night Guide. Night Guide. And Night is it guide. on the market now? Uh, yes, but you have to order it online through America still. Oh, I might buy some and use them in my airplane to go flying at night. I think it's probably you illegal, would love it. It, it can, sounds can like I, fun. Can, can I sneak one more in? Okay. Electric wheels. You know how everyone wants electric bikes? I'm, I'm just right. Oh, I know about these. I know. You, uh, so you, Rod Snodgrass is a big fan of these. Oh, you replace your front tire with a new electric one? Yeah, it's, front it's called a Dutch wheel or something? Well, or no, a, it's called the Electron Wheel. I just read about that this morning. Yeah. I don't have one yet. Yeah, so rather than... Uh, this is I love this as a principle. Um, plug-in tech or smartifying. So rather than going throwing away your old Rally 20, which is a type of bicycle, you keep the bicycle and replace the wheel with a smart one, which, which powers you. Correct. Isn't that clever? What's it called? Electric... Electron wheel. Electron wheel, night guide, and ring. And ring. Hey, just you should have just said those three things at the beginning. It would have been worth all your time in the studio. Henri Elliott from Board Dynamics, thanks so much for joining me tonight on Sunday Social. Thank you. It was great. And that interview, as well as all of our interviews, will be available at radiolive.co.nz under Shows and Sunday Social. And, of course, at uh, iTunes, if you're an Apple fan after the break. Mr. Paul Brislin with the Apps of the Week. Back soon. Vaughan Davis, hashtag Sunday Social, Radio Live. Hashtag welcome back. And welcome back, Mr. Paul Brislin. Kia ora. Long time no see. I know. It's been a dog's age. You've been, wor- you've been working, haven't I you? I have. It's been ridiculous. Don't work for a living, kids. It's not good for you. Well, they, in the, in the, well, if Omri's to be believed, you know, um, entrepreneurialism is well, the future. the portfolio approach. We'll all have 15 jobs, but we'll all have them all at the same time. The gig economy. Yes, well, this we're was, it. Well, this we're, was, we're the grandfathers of it. It was, it was brought home to me the other day when um, LinkedIn uh, started telling me that 
everyone I know, mm. it seems, is congratulating me on my work anniversary. Yeah. And my first thought was, which one? Which one? Because yeah. the <laughs> thing with LinkedIn is, you know... It's non-specific. Well, no, yeah. It's and like and I, I put up so many so many things I do. I do five yeah. or six things, yeah, this being right. one of them, yeah. that I had no idea which one. But thanks, everyone, for um, for congratulating me. Thank you yes. for congratulating yeah. me. I'm very, 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 very uh, I'm, I'm grateful. Congratulatory. Yes. Grateful for your congratulations. Um, tonight... Tonight, when I go home, yes, I'm going to plug my phone in my Huawei P20 Pro. Yeah, um, and while it's on charge and while it's on the Wi-Fi, and I'll tell you why that's important. Why um, for me as a Spark yes. uh, customer? While I'm asleep, it's going to be curing cancer. So I might, oh, I should, I should take up smoking on the way home yeah. um, because <laughs> it's all going to be okay. It's going to be all right, everyone. So if you've ever, it, much like me, I've, I've got a PC at home, computer sitting there uh, with a screensaver that's been running since 1999. I don't turn the computer on very often, uh, and it has been searching for extraterrestrial signs of extraterrestrial life. Uh, Arecibo Telescope in um, wherever that is. As seen in uh, New Mexico. In a, New Mexico. As, as seen, seen in, in James the Bond. Jody, the, in the Jodie Foster movie Contact. Well, yeah, and the James Bond film. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. He uses it to kill someone. She uses it to search for aliens. But this thing has been looking at the skies for a very long time, uh, receiving radio signals, so much signal, in fact, that... Uh, it would have taken something like a thousand years to search through it all uh, using the computers that were available in the last decade or two. So the cunning chaps at Berkeley and a whole bunch of other people got together and built a screensaver and said, can we just borrow your computer while you're not using it? Uh, and, thus and it's very born. pretty. And it's ve- it is and very pretty. And I use it all the time uh, and have processed through millions of hours of, of um, signal coming in from uh, outer space. So it's very clever. Distribu- it is distributed very good. Com- distributed computing. That's right. So and rather so than one finally, big computer, they've got millions around the world doing the work. And, and little little bits at a time. And you, your computer, and as soon as you need to use it, you just take over control of your computer again. You just move the mouse or whatever and back into it you go. So it doesn't even get in your way. What has well, this to do with cancer? Well, well, I'm glad you asked, Vaughan, because cell phones, as you know, give everybody cancer. Yes. Oh, no, wait, I think no, you said that. no, that's, that's <coughs> actually the opposite is true. They don't. Cancer, what, cancer gives everyone cell phones? Yes, exactly. So, um, uh, <laughs> trying desperately to steer himself back into his train of thought, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Vodafone Foundation uh, in Australia has come up with this thing called Dream Lab. So, much like my computer, when I'm not using my phone, I can plug it into a power source, hit the Dream Lab app, and it starts crunching through the numbers for two very uh, useful-looking projects at the moment, um, looking into uh, genetic profiling to try and find a, as you say, a cure for cancer. And, and I thing, think that's a fantastic idea. And the thing about genetic profiling is there's no shortage of data. No. In fact, in 2018, let's just accept yep. there's no shortage of data. Yeah. Uh, but what there is is a shortage of computer time of and resources time. to crunch numbers. So right. I download the Vodafone Dream Lab app. That's right. Dream um, Lab, all on Word. Otherwise, you'll never find it on the App Store. You can have a Huawei P whatever. I do. Or you, or you, for your Androids. Or you can have it on the Apple iOS platform and then Plug it just in and away you go away you go away so you there go. is so I, I was amazed to see there are 107,000 users but then you enlightened me just now because I thought it was just New Zealand ah, it's, yes, it's no. clearly not no in New Zealand are about 60,000 and it's only been operational for well, less than a month maybe Aren't we two good? or three weeks so we're we dreaming along here which is great 35 million calculations the first project is already 40% complete they'll add new projects as as we get through the ones that are uh, that are done 
Uh, and if you're worried at all about your um, uh, phone using data to send it back... I am you, worried. You are worried, I can tell. Uh, if you're a Vodafone customer, you don't have to worry at all. Oh. If you're a non-Vodafone customer, so Spark, Two Degrees, whoever, um, just plug it into your Wi-Fi at home. Um, uh, plug it in, wirelessly plug it into your Wi-Fi, and it will send the data back that way. So you don't have to worry about it at all. Not only easy, but also peasy. Vodafone Dream Lab, download it Highly tonight. recommend it. Now, here's the thing. Here it is. Everyone listening, everyone listening who has an email address, who's ever been on the internet, will have noticed in the last <laughs> week that they're receiving an awful lot of emails. Yes. From everyone. Com companies and organisations they have connected with in the past, perhaps they bought a pair of sunglasses two mm. years ago, yep. saying, hey, um, would you like to remain on our emailing list? The email list you probably didn't even know didn't you even were Didn't even know you were on. Can we... Can we keep your email address, please? What's going on, Paul? Well, the Europeans, bless their cotton socks, have launched a new... Uh, I bought some cotton socks. This is how I got, this this is how you got into the uh, list, From cottonsocks.com. Ah, well, it'll be cottonsocks.co.uk, that's your problem. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, the European Union has uh, launched a new data protection act called the GDPR, which stands for General Data Protection Regulation. I was in the army with him. GDPR, yeah, he's a good, good bloke, good bloke. Uh, and this, uh, this law is finally, after many years of uh, incubation, is finally being enacted. And suddenly, at the last minute, as they want to do, all the companies have woken up and realised, oh dear, one of the things we have to do is contact everyone and make sure they're happy with us keeping their data. And they've had years to do this. They've had years to get ready for it. But of no course, one's they've done left it. it to the last minute. So suddenly we get this flurry of updated terms and conditions and please can we keep emailing you stuff. And the beauty of it is it's all opt-in. So if you go, I don't remember those socks or those sunglasses or do that thing. Nothing. Do nothing. And they have to, by law, remove you from their list. And but there's a downside. There's, there a, a there's a real downside, and if you are connected to a company you want to remain connected to, or, or in some cases you need to remain yep. connected to. So I'll give you an example. I, I have my aeroplane. You do. I, I, I fly the thing, and there are email lists I subscribe to that tell me important things about the, the safety of my aeroplane or yep. um, software Useful updates stuff. to my GPS. Yep. If I forget... Yes. To say yes to these emails or ignore them as, you know, or they just yep. disappear in the, the endless um, stream of emails. I'm shickered. You are. You, you, you're in big trouble because you will stop getting the emails and you'll not know about that important update or the change that's come along and, um, and you could end up in big trouble. And so they'll, they'll, they'll put on my, on my headstone, um, if only he had answered <laughs> their email regarding the GDPR. If only he checked his spam filters. Now, this is supposed to be just a European thing, but, of course, um, we're all European one way or another because of the we're interconnectedness of everything. Exactly. We're all sausages, so we must all um, be connecting. Uh, a lot of the American companies are freaking out because they apparently have people who live in Europe as customers, and well, suddenly I believe, they I believe, have to um, deal with them. Well, last I checked, I believe Facebook is an Irish company. Yeah, well, Facebook... Is as far as we're concerned. As far as we're concerned, we're now an Irish um, subsidiary. So that's very interesting because they should now be applying the GDPR rulings to New Zealand data. And they've said, absolutely not. We will not be doing anything of the sort. So Facebook will do GDPR-style regulations for Europeans in Europe. Everyone else, sorry, love. 
don't care where we're domiciled for tax purposes, you guys have to um, abide by American law. And so that's all going to come to a head shortly. I well, I, I, I just happen to see in my, in my calendar here that the, uh, the new head of um, uh, public affairs for uh, Facebook Australasia is coming to visit me on Tuesday. Really? So I might just ask her about just that. ask about GDPR. I, I might just ask about that. GDPR. Which is which is not quite as catchy as YMCA. Perhaps if they did a song, G G D P R, that Just, would be good. That yes. would be good. Hey, after the break, after the break, the apps uh, that are absolutely worth uh, downloading, and uh, you know, I hope they don't email you because mm, that's oh, that's oh, that's naughty. Old school. And uh, and a rather lovely website, which I'm going to spend probably from eight o'clock till bedtime just looking at. Back soon. Connecting you to the future of the internet. internet. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis. Back to Sunday social, 10 minutes to 8 this Sunday night, counting down to the weekend variety wireless. Mr Graham Hill already in the building. Apps, there's a bazillion of them out there, but most of them are rubbish. But this one, this one, Paul, mm. this one's rather special. This one's special? My app of the week is rather special. So I, I don't know how I noticed this app, but it caught my eye. It describes itself as the app for transfer money, view balances and make payment. Ooh. Now I, I you do these things. I, I quite often transfer money, view balances, and make payment. I thought, yes, this is a bit of me. This, this is a bit of me. You. So I, I downloaded it. Mm. Uh, it's called ASB Easy Pay. So it must be from ASB. It's it's got a well, it's got a it's got a uh, it's got the, the logo. The, it's got a logo. It's yep. got screens that look like ASB. And all you've got to do, the fonts all you've got are all to good. do, the fonts are all good. Yeah, yeah. All you've got to do to unlock the appy goodness of ASB Easy Pay mm. is just enter your internet yeah, your banking bank username details. and password, yeah, yeah. and 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 away you go. Right. And that's then what awesome. happens? I mean, what happened after you did that? <laughs> Can you give me a ride home because yeah. my credit card's not working anymore? Because something's not quite right. And yeah. and I, I went to check my balance, and I've got no money. You've got no money. I got well, no, that, that does what it, it says on the tin. It right. does take care of your bank balance. It transferred you, money. It? it transferred money <laughs> yeah. out of my account. Yeah. Uh, I was able to view my balance, which was zero, and I made a payment to the app developers. Well, none of these things. No, because you're smarter than that. Happened. I am smarter way smarter than, than that. that. Because so, this, of course, is a fake app. It's a fake app. You think the news is bad when it's fake? You should try fake apps. Yeah, fake yes. apps. So there I was in the wild, wild, in the wiki, wiki, wild, wild west of the. Um, Android Play or the Google Play Store, yes, which is the Google equivalent of the, the Apple App Store. Store. Yeah. Um, difference being, there are way more apps. Heaps and more apps. The reason, or one reason, there are way more apps is because the number of hoops you have to jump through as a developer to get your app into the <coughs> Google Play Store uh, is far smaller. It is. And the checks and balances, uh, well, the the balance in my check account was zero. Um, The checks and balances (laughs) are not not absent, but they are are reduced. So someone, um, in fact, someone called... System Techno. System Techno uh, was the developer. Yes. uh, Thought, you know what? We're chances. We'll give it a go. We've always got an eye for the main chance. Let's make an app that looks a lot like ASB. Yep. Let's put ASB logos and fonts all over it. Let's upload it and invite people to give us their username and passwords. And it does look very much like an ASB app. 
I mean, this thing is is. I'm looking at the the um, the screenshots for it now, and you, if you just saw the app, you would think, "Yep, this is the app." It, uh, especially the screen where you put in your username and password. That is that's very bang very to authentic. Right. Yeah, very yeah. authentic. So, I really don't know what to advise here. Mm. Uh, as far as I know. The app has been removed. Yes, yeah, I could find no sight. So there was, there was so somebody has acted. Quickly. So some somebody's acted quickly on yeah. a weekend. Somebody's acted quickly on a weekend. Probably an AI. Probably an AI. Um, the only clue I could see, well, there are two clues. The first clue was bad grammar. Yeah. Uh, it said in the, and I quoted that in the description of the app, ASB EasyPay is the app for transfer money, view balances, and make payment. Yeah, which doesn't make a lot of sense. It really. doesn't make an no. awful lot of sense. So grammar rescues you once again. Yes. The other clue, I mean, yeah. you know, ASB, I wouldn't rule out them making the odd error of grammar. Um, the yeah. other clue is the developer was not listed as ASB. If you go to the iOS App Store or Google Play Store, you will always see the developer listed. And the developer in this case was someone called System Techno. Yeah. And if you were to qu- click on that, you'd find that, you know, it's n- not from around here. No, so a legitimate banking app yeah. uh, will almost always be developed by the legitimate bank. That's right. They they will own the company that's doing it. They'll own the intellectual property, and it'll say right there that this is an app from ASB, developed by ASB, yep. so you'll oh, be able to tell. There was one more clue, and you'll see that on your screenshot that I've sent you. Yep. Um, it had something like 100 downloads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that's is not very not many. many for a legitimate banking app. Although you've got to now worry about 100 people out there who have downloaded this thing and given these clowns access to their bank account details. Oh, exactly. Really I mean, if, if you have, of course, the advice is to uh, delete the yeah, and contact the bank straight away. Change your password if that's an easy thing for you to do and contact your bank straight away. Of course, um, if ASB were here, they'd say that, uh, you know, they, they do not want you to use, use this app. They do not want you to be scammed by companies pre- pretending to be them. Um, they want you to be scammed by their parent company, <laughs> uh, which is... Which is going which on seems, whether, you, seems whether be, you have the app or not. It seems to be in the news every other well, day. You've got to wonder, don't you? Australian banks, you know, they've saved us from the GFC. It's high time we paid our dues, Vaughan, and yeah. just let them get away with this. Exactly. Well, maybe, maybe this maybe this system techno is actually just um, <laughs> ComBank. They're just trying to find another way to take That's my money. Right. Um, navigation. Navigation. Should we talk about navigation? Oh, we should. I, I, I've got issues with my sat-nav in my car. Have you? I have. I despise Look it. Look at you, car, sat-nav. It. You know, it's just terrible. I'd much rather the Google never buy, Never buy the stuff, never use the stuff that comes no, in the car. No, no, um, that's right. This, I've, I've talked about this, this app and website before, but I was in a cafe the other day and I heard actual people talking about it. And I no. Thought, well, it's mainstreamed. This is uh, an app and website called What3 Words. Technically, it should be which three words, but it's it called, should, but it's it's called it's what three words. And what it yep. does is describes any point on the planet in terms of three words. Instead of using a string of numbers that only the computers can understand. Or me. And you. 45, 23, yeah. 33, south, 175, 74. Roger. It wouldn't be 74, but six, Come on, Biggles. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So no yes. more latitude and longitude. Just, no. Just the world, every part, I think not the ocean, but every part of it um, divided into three metre squares. So you, you can tell someone exactly where to come. So going back to Yasmin, it's all about Yasmin the show. She could have told the Uber Eats driver to go to, and I'm just looking on my little map here of finding out where, where MediaWorks is. Oh. She sort of, she, oh, this is perfect. This is perfect. One she, hungry girl. No, she could have told the Uber Eats driver to come to Cheer Studio 
Jolly. Ah. Cheer Studio Jolly. And he would have come to exactly the right place and her chips would not be cold. So it's an app, it's a website. Uh, I think it's actually It's a way of life by the sound of it because uh, you really do need to get well into it if you're going to use this kind of thing. You do. And it's, it's, it's a bit geeky to say, hey, I'll meet you at Cheer Studio Jolly. Roger. Yeah. Cheer Studio Jolly. Roger. Over. But if, Over if, you, are, if you are, for example, um, the military or an aid organisation mm. or journalists or whatever and you're working in the, the back blocks of Syria yes. where the, you know, the street signs don't necessarily correlate correspond to, to, to yeah. real life and the, the, there are no numbers in the letterboxes because mm. they've been blown off, then you can just say, hey, I'll meet you at, at this thing. Cheer Studio Jolly and to within a three-metre square, which is which smaller is than the studio we're in. Exactly. You should be able to find somebody within three metres You should be able to find somebody. Square. So why is that better than a string of numbers? Because it's easier it's to memorable. remember. It's memorable. Because I told of you course. Cheer Studio Jolly and you've remembered it. Yes. That's true. That's very true. 40,000 words. It's all you need to cover the globe. 40,000 words That's times... That's impressive. Times 40,000 times 40,000, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that, that is a very big number. Hey, I promised, I promised... And you always keep show, your promises. I do. Like a Lannister. Uh, I did promise that I'm going to tell you about a wonderful, wonderful Twitter account and a wonderful, wonderful website uh, that is a great place for just poodling. Poodling! It's up there with twiddling your thumbs. It is. Uh, it's, it's more relaxing than twiddling your thumbs. So the website and the Twitter account are called Abandoned America. And it is a photographic record of, I guess, the decline of yes. industrial and cultural America. And it is absolutely hauntingly beautiful. Did you like it? I did. I love these kinds of photo um, uh, assemblies of places you'll never go to and would never find without this kind of thing. Some of them are on. quite dangerous and I think illegal, Ill illegal to go to. Yep. Uh, what, what did you like? What did you look at? Well, I like the... Um, uh, I'm a big fan of um, uh, Modern Warfare 2, the first-person shooter, and wandering through... Um, uh, Old factories? Yeah, well, it, uh, the um, the abandoned wastelands post-Chernobyl uh, Holocaust yes, setting. Yes, yes. Uh, and um, you see that pop up in music videos and computer games all over the place. That kind of era. And some of these are very reminiscent. There are control rooms... There are, um, I think it's an old school that's been abandoned. There's, there's, there's the, the USS United, the SS United States, the oh. fastest ocean liner ever. Oh, I didn't. Which see is that still one. tied up oh. in Philadelphia, oh. rusting away, rusting away. And I like that there is um, a story or a poem or some text with it. It is rather beautiful. Yes. AbandonedAmerica.com. Hey, thank you so much for coming in tonight, Paul. Always good. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, uh, Henri Elliott, in the first half from Board Dynamics. Uh, Sarah and Yasmin happily fed. Happily fed in the booth next up, Graham, and the Weekend Variety Wireless. I'm Vaughan Davis, 99.